Hi everyone and welcome to Sideload, the technology podcast from Edelman London where we look at how technology is impacting uh, the way we communicate our relationships with brands and each other and ultimately society. My name is Simon Madry and today we are talking about CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, uh, which recently happened in Las Vegas in the US. Uh, a couple of my colleagues uh, went along, Justin uh, Westcott, the Head of Technology for Europe and Simon Chan, Associate Director at uh, London Technology. And they shared some thoughts uh, with me about uh, the most impactful things they saw, why voice is going to be the, the dominant technology um, underpinning uh, a lot of what we talk about this year. Um, there's everything from robots and blackouts in the hall and uh, why it's really important to prepare, prepare and prepare for such an event. So I really hope you uh, enjoy the chat and um, hear everything the guys have to say. So Simon and Justin, thank you for your time. I know it's a Friday afternoon, I know you've just flown in and you're probably a little bit tired. I'm really looking forward to the weekend, but um, really looking forward to hearing what you have to say about CES. My first question is, you know, what feeling did you leave CES with after you after you left those very busy halls? Yeah, I, I, I'm probably going to be uh, counter to everything that you're probably reading from media this year about, I think they're best summed up by many as meh. Um, I actually came away generally quite excited. Uh, I saw some really interesting technology and also started to see how, um, you know, towards the end of this S-curve, you know, the development of the smartphone technology that's created all these sensors, how we are actually starting to see true IoT uh, and smart home technologies start to become deployed and become a reality. Uh, so I left excited, you know, but I'm an optimist. I love technology um, and I still don't think there's anywhere as good as CES to see it all come together uh, and to see how it's you know, benefit uh, humankind and society. And for me, I suppose the way I would describe it, it was it was a, ta- a tale of different tensions. Actually, um, you had the incremental technology, and that's very much around the uh, innovations that you see with some of the big tech clients um, or companies. So Samsung, for example, they had their smart home. LG, they had their smart home. And a lot of it was things that you would probably expect to see at CES, I suppose there's things that would wow you. Um, but when you, there's a, there was a kind of a, what would you call like a startup space called Eureka Park. And there were some really interesting innovations mm-hmm. there, um, which, you know, you could begin to see the, a, a glimpse of what could be uh, set in three to five years' time, not necessarily ready now, but something that could be big in the future. Another observation I thought part of this tension was CES, obviously based in uh, Las Vegas and very US tech heavy, naturally, even though it is a global show, but was the sheer scale and size and po- possibly the rise of um, Sino, what I call Sinotech or China. Um, coming in, a lot of uh, big brands, for example, uh, TCL was there making a very, very big presence, very, very big splash, for instance. Um, and, you know, to Justin's point, I think there was a mix between old or traditional industries like uh, automotive and kind of the more uh, what we could consider new. So well tech, health tech, for instance. So a tale of different tensions. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, just to add to that, I mean, I think I've been saying to people that CES really is a celebration of incrementalism. You know what? 
that's okay because uh, generally it's hardware and hardware takes time uh, to really get to market um, and I actually think the incremental movements forward are generally really interesting opportunities. So we're thinking about incremental improvements based on year on year. Do you see anything that was impactful? What was the most impactful thing you saw and, and why was that so? Well, I, th- I think this is again being well covered as well, but the the sort of the net impact of the play of both Google and Amazon uh, to win in the con- consumer device market through embedding their assistance and their voice-activated technology is going to be huge. Um, and I would say, unless you were there and you saw the scale of it, it's actually hard to believe. But by summer of this year. Uh, I would expect pretty much any consumer device that's in any way connected to the internet that's shipping will have one or both of uh, Google or Alexa assistants. And if you then think about what that does actually mean for the way in which consumers interact with one another and with brands, uh, it's going to be huge. You know, these platforms are going to get so much bigger and penetrate our lives in many different ways. Uh, I think that's exciting um, slash scary at the same time. Uh, but generally, for me, that was the big takeout. Uh, it really was the year that voice became mainstream. Mm. Voice and AI as well. The, every every company there, or f- almost every company there, seems to have some element of machine learning or AI. Um, we even saw some Chinese startups create their own version of, um, of a Siri or an Alexa, where it's very much around how do you build an AI to help you around the home. We saw, for example, robots that are built for airports to clean up um, to clean up autonomously, um, for instance. All, all powered through very smart uh, AI applications. And I think we're, going to, we're just going to see more and more investment, more and more applications um, into AI machine learning. But the real question there is, uh, are we going to see anything that's true AI and true machine learning that's really smart next year? And so if I know you guys um, at all, I know you would have spoken with a lot of really smart people about some really um, interesting topics. What's some of the most impactful things that you heard and maybe that you're going to take back to the team and, and clients? Um, I think for me, um, it was interesting to, I was there with a, a with a company, a client called uh, UJet and, you know, I think it's a perfect example. CES is as much as launching a product as it is your brand. And I think one of the things that, you know, for me as a takeaway, having been there for the first time in person, is the importance of really getting your story, really getting your um, positioning right before you enter CES, and the huge payoff that can have. So, for instance, you know, just speaking to some um, some startups, uh, when you get the media attention at CES, obviously that's good for building a brand and and uh, uh, you know, in terms of uh, both the brand and the product. But the genuine net results um, included, for instance, some investors seeing the uh, media coverage and actually flying over to CES to meet with the startup to have a conversation about um, potential investment. Um, Distributors and retailers going over, especially to go and have a chat and see these people. So I think doing your homework and if 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 you're a startup or early stage company, um, just remember that if you are in this position, you get the opportunity to go to CES, really make the most of launching the company and being really clear on your positioning and telling that story so that when people do pick it up, they are, they are, you are earning their attention. They are coming to you. They want to find out more. Yeah, I, I, I would probably second that. I mean, any 
any startup I spoke to who had a booth there, none of them would say they had a bad event. They all said they were having a great event. There was a huge amount of traffic, kind of footfall coming past their stands, uh, and they're engaging with uh, media, potential buyers, uh, distributors. Uh, it generally is a very busy event uh, where most people get the bang for the buck. Justin, you mentioned um, a minute ago that uh, Google and Amazon have yeah, a massive, pre- massive presence there and that's something that we read and saw. What can brands and others learn from um, those two companies <laughs> who had a huge presence and, but actually didn't announce anything? No, well, in essence, they're most slightly different in that they were providing in essence you know everything from api to their services or their technology looking for partners to take it to market um and in essence they've been doing they did all their work pre-show really mm. in that pretty much every technology company there would have a sign up uh, on their stand either powered by google google assistant or uh, alexa inside you know They've been working with hardware manufacturers now for a long time, clearly over a year, to embed their technology into the actual development cycle. Um, So they then had the right to have a strong presence uh, because they generally were there. Um, whilst they might, might not have had their you know, large booths themselves, although Google did have quite a big setup outside in the car park, they were there through every other brand. They were, in essence, the ingredient inside the secret sauce that made these technologies seemingly more exciting than they actually were. Um, so lesson there would be do your groundwork. Um, I think Google were clearly taken by surprise last year when Alexa, uh, in essence, came out with CES and came out with a number of partners as well. That gave Google um, some pause to, to think. I clearly thought this year they definitely did not come away as second fiddle. Uh, If anything, I think it was more the Google show than the Alexa show. Uh, Their technology seemingly is more exciting um, for many of these hardware manufacturers who see the diversity of the services you get through Google as being more relevant to their product. Mm. And I think I, I absolutely second that. And even when you're walking around Las Vegas in general, Google had completely covered the monorail with Hey Google, so it was quite a sight to see. But that really goes to show that um, despite not launching a product per se, it is much as as much as about as uh, kind of launching your launching or showcasing your brand, and that's essentially what Google and Let's are doing. Despite you know, with for example, Amazon not having a uh, a physical presence there, they were very much there as a brand through other brands and I think for any company especially you know just walking through the automotive hall a lot of the companies there they're not necessarily launching a new car they're not necessarily launching uh, a new gadget or accessory but what they are showcasing is very much their brand story and where they're heading for the next decade mm. to a relevant audience mm. that's it Great, so we're just going to take a very quick pause there and listen to what happened last time on Sideload, which was just a a snapshot of tech highlights from Edelman's Crystal Ball event. This is what's going to happen with voice command commerce now. The the real risk is that unless you have a cool brand, i.e. a brand that stands for something that's memorable, that's cut through, um, you're going to end up being disaggregated by an algorithm. So if you're a consumer brand business, I think this is a really existential and frightening moment. You've already seen, you know, consumer behaviour change from shopping on the high street to shopping online and tapping stuff in. Now we're just, you know, shouting at machines. So um, I think that is quite a worrying thing for consumer brands. 
Welcome back. I'm here with uh, Justin Westcott, Head of Technology for Europe and Simon Chan, Associate Director at Edelman London uh, Technology. Um, we're talking about CES and this is the world's biggest uh, consumer electronics show and a little bit of irony was that it wasn't without its technical glitches from <laughs> robot malfunctions to apparently the entire convention center losing power. Oh, that was hilarious, by the way. I, I mean, the, if people haven't been there, the convention center, the main hall, is enormous. Um, and trust me, there are no windows. So when it went pitch black, it went pitch black. But then you saw everyone, all these techno uh, experts, realise that they had the power of light in their pocket. And uh, suddenly, akin to a kind of a Star Wars movie, you had these people walking around guided by their flashlights looking for an exit. It was a, a beautiful thing to see. Would have been like the geekiest rave ever, just something. Yes, with no with no yeah. music and people like bashing into uh, booths and stands. But um, yeah, there was there was a mini panic. Yeah, I'll tell you well. another funny uh, little story is the convention halls is next to the hotel where for the first time they had the smart cities marketplace, which is completely um, different. It's it's just opposite, but it's actually part of the Westgate Hotel, which was unaffected by the power outage. So all of a sudden, this new marketplace, um, uh, despite people not kind of, a lot of people didn't know that it existed, had suddenly had a lot of traffic because they were all being directed into the Westgate, and all of a sudden they discovered the new spot, this new marketplace, which had lights. Um, so that was a bit of a, a bit of a, a, a funny story there in that sense. No, interesting. So automotive's uh, loss was smart city's gain. Yeah, nice. So if we look, if we look at um, some of the the product demonstrations I've read, you know, you read about uh, robots failing on stage or in, yeah. in demos. Do you feel it's important for brands just to get out there and show the concept and thinking, even if the execution fails, or is it better to wait until all the bugs are ironed, ironed out and kind of play that conservative? Yeah, no, you feeling really good question, but. Let's be honest, uh, tech is never perfect. Mm. So if you wait for all the bugs to be ironed out, you might no, never come to market. So I probably err on the side of if you've got something worth showing, show it. Mm. Um, but hopefully play it in the right way so the audience can understand that it might be imperfect. Uh, don't oversell if it's nearly not ready or if it's a beta product. Um, but generally, I think I'm a you know, big believer in getting technology to market. So get it to market. Mm. And just speaking with a lot of the... Um, the industry representatives, the media there, some of the analysts there. It's at CES. There is a general acceptance that a lot of these things could be prototypes, not ready to market quite yet. So there, there is also kind of a, a acceptance um, to the fact that things may not work perfectly. But as long as it's not complete, a complete failure, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't be showcasing this at CES because by the time you come to market, it could well be six, nine, 12 months before you actually see it in play anyway. And this is the one show where you're demonstrating to a, a business-to-business trade audience of what you're working on. So that's what I would say. And so now that you guys have had time to think about um, what you saw and heard, and we've touched on some of these, these big things of uh, voice and AI, what do you think are going to be the big tech trends for brands to look out for and, and tap into this year? Yeah, well, I'll say again, uh, voice, voice, voice um, as a way to control and manipulate everything from a technology standpoint connected to the internet. 
um, with a caveat of concern uh, around the power that we're giving to some of these uh, already very big and established companies. Uh, if suddenly all um, hardware manufacturers start to give away a bit of their brand essence to other people, like Google and Amazon and others, that's something to keep an eye on, um, especially if you're a technology brand. You know, how much control um, of important data are you suddenly going to give away to these third parties? That would be mindful of. Um, I'd also say uh, clearly the quality of sensors generally have got really, really good and much, much more precise. So there was, to my mind, um, a real celebration of what I'd call well tech. Uh, things that would help with the mind and the body tracking and providing back data. This is quite interesting because the, the cost of these sensors really isn't that high. So if you're a brand, you might decide you might want to white label your own technology or even build something to answer the solution, even if you're not a, a pure play tech company. Uh, at the same time, clearly that's a growing and uh, a rapidly growing marketplace, which could be quite interesting to sort of get yourself into if you're a brand. But I was really impressed with the technology I was seeing there, it, it felt that it, it was finally, I think, getting real. Uh, bear in mind, this is something we've been talking about, you know, the quantified self and wearable tech now for, what, six, seven years? Um, but previous technology has always been a bit rough around the edges. Um, I think the level of precision now is, is quite exciting. I know I would agree. Health and well tech was definitely um, a, a real uh, eye-opener there. And I think... Um, we're going to see a lot more um, from devices that help you relax to uh, devices that really help um, in terms of uh, health. So, for example, we saw uh, a nap and a device to help um, uh, women recover from childbirth, for example. But another thing that I would add is um, the rise of, and um, you know, perhaps perhaps it's in my uh, in my blood, but the rise of Sinotech. They, you know, they they're growing, and every conference that I have been to. China's influence influence on the tech uh, and the tech markets increasing. We saw very very large stands of companies that some you'd never heard of, and you and then you, when you look into them, they're in every single device, consumer device, TVs, mobiles um, around the world. For some of the biggest brands, they're moving away from um, copying to uh, and being behind uh, consumer electronics to becoming their own brand in their own right, and. Uh, when you're at CES, they're very much at the moment at the back of the hall. I think in the coming years, we'll see more and more come to the front of the hall, um, which is at the moment being uh, dominated by big US and, and South Korean brands. So watch this space. There's a lot of money going into there, certainly in the startup space as well. But some of these some of these consumer electronic companies there are really trying to build their own presence on the global stage. Yeah, and no, I'd probably add to that uh, France. Actually, um, you know, obviously, in, in my role thinking about technology across Europe, I was both surprised and impressed with the sheer scale of uh, the operations put forward by France. Um, so, I think Simon touched earlier on Eureka Park, which is a huge hall full of uh, startups and early stage technology innovations. And um, uh, Le French Tech uh, had sent over all on, you know, the dime of the, the French taxpayer or the, or the French government. I would say probably about 150, 160 startups all there with a booth showing their technology to an American or global audience. Super impressive, some really good technology. Um, uh, counter to that, uh, the UK, 
they were eight companies. Um, and right. I think it's probably a close second or a far from close second would be uh, Germany, which probably only had about 12 or 13. Uh, clearly, this is now very much on the political agenda in Europe. Uh, the new leadership in France is really bullish about the opportunity they see ahead for reshaping and reimagining the economy in France. So I emailed the, our French team afterwards saying if I was French, I'd be really proud to be French walking around the show. It was, it was really great to see. So you guys are veterans of, uh, of CES, MWC, for all these events that are coming up now. I mean, we've just kicked off the year. What's the practical advice you have for anyone looking to attend shows as massive as this and to, to get the most out of it? Yeah, well, I'll go in first. Um, I'd say this to anyone going to an event, uh, your preparation should start nine to six months beforehand. Anything less than that, you're going to do a disservice to your time there. Um, I would say CES is a, still a great show to be at if you've got a um, innovative piece of hardware. Um, it really is, I think, you know, largely a hardware show, so you need to show a physical product. Uh, think about how you can show it in a really interesting way. Um, if you're a small company in Eureka Park, you don't have a very large area, a small stand. Um, so think about really smart ways in which you can bring that innovation to life. Um, and Simon, I'm sure you have some views as you were there with uh, some of our clients firsthand. Mm. And I, I completely echo that. You need to get that brand and positioning right. Remember, um, as I mentioned earlier, as much as launching your company or showcasing your company and your brand as much as it is your products. Um, so never leave it too late and never leave it as the event to test your messaging either. Um, I've heard um, anecdotally at Web Summit, for instance, some companies are um, kind of writing on the first day a tagline or, or, or a message to describe their company. They, and then the next day they kind of wipe it out and then try another one to see what, what will happen. So that's definitely something that shouldn't be done. A-B testing. A-B yeah, testing. not the right Possibly place, at the wrong, uh, <laughs> wrong show, the world's largest uh, uh, consumer electronics show. But definitely have a story tell, to tell, especially if you're a startup, because that's the opportunity where you can appeal to investors, potential partners, potential, uh, potential customers. Um, and also really understand your your marketplace and how CES works. Um, know when's the right place to, for example, showcase something at Showstoppers um, or Unfield, for instance. These are different opportunities to earn attention for your brand and your product, um, but really really get to understand um, what the what the pros and the cons and the cost and the uh, the potential return of these are. Um, and what I would say as well is uh, just be clear on your objective and make sure you have the right people there. Um, if you're going to go to CES, you need to go all in. Um, and it's a trade-only show, remember, so there's distributors, uh, there's trade partners, there's, all, there's even government, for instance. So if your objective there is to sell, then make sure you've got the right people there who can have those conversations. If your objective is to launch the brand, think about who from your uh, from your company, whether it's a CEO or a founder, is there and is in a position to talk about the story, for instance, for example. No, I think that's uh, I think that's a good summary. Um, I, you know, as a, a gadget lover, look forward to uh, Christmas this year. Uh, I think there's plenty of things that we'll hopefully find in my uh, stocking from Santa. Um, I, I definitely think the roadmap for technology continues to be exciting uh, and interesting. Um, as I said at the beginning, uh, I don't think it was a breakthrough year, but again, it's hardware. You should never really expect that because it takes time. 
Um, but I'm very optimistic for next year, starting to see some early seeds of where robotics and drones and this autonomous car future is heading to. I had fun. I enjoyed the show. Good to hear. Good to hear. Well, look, um, Justin, Simon, thank you so much for taking the time out of your jet-lagged Friday afternoon to, to <laughs> share some thoughts on, on CES. And I'll speak to you guys again soon. Great. Thank you. Thank you. So thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Sideload. I hope you got some great insights on CES as you start to plan for 2019. Um, as always, I encourage you to not only listen, um, there's a range of uh, great episodes uh, from last year um, on our channels, but to um, subscribe and to share. And if you'd like to get in touch, the best way to do so is sideload at edelman.com. Until next time, thanks for listening and have a great day.